And that came from an experience with Alexander the Great when he led his army against the Persians. And as they sailed in ship and came on shore to the land of the Persians, and I couldn't find out exactly the geographical location, but when they landed on shore, the first command that Alexander gave was, burn your boats. And after they had burned their boats, he said to the men, if we ever return home, it will be on Persian ships. We fight or die. They won the battle. Their complete consecration was a mighty power. Welcome once more to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Gollerher, and I count it a great joy and privilege to bring the message of the gospel today again. We are looking at the message Plowman to Prophet. It's the story of Elisha the prophet as he is called from the farm in the midst of plowing with oxen to consecrate himself and all that he is to the service of Jehovah. May we be a people who are sold out to serve the Lord, nothing holding us back to give our all in all to serve the Master. And I trust you'll stay tuned with us today as we get to our message from the pulpit of our church on the text, 1 Kings 19 and verse 20. I'll just read to you the words that are pertinent. Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And perhaps that's exactly what we need to do in this new year, is to go back again, back to basics, back to where we started in our first walk with the Lord, back to repentance, back to faith, back to prayer, and back to serving the Lord with all our hearts. And so I trust that today that you will uh, stay tuned with us. We'll also come to our five minute of righteousness, exalt of the nation, and just mourning uh, the need of mercy for the youth of our generation who are being destroyed by drugs. Family after family, community after community is being ravaged by the, the evil of drugs in our society. And in Christian homes and in church-going people, this is becoming also a plague. It used to be a foreign thing to God's people, but today it is catching up. It is getting in amongst our youth, and we are seeing them uh, killed. It, it, it is unbelievable. Killed. Taking from our midst. Coffins going to the graveyard. Young people's lives are taken away. And it seems that the power of darkness is at work in our land, and few really care. Let us take this to heart today. Firstly, we're going to pray and ask the Lord's blessing upon the ministry of His Word. Father, we thank Thee for the privilege of bringing our burdens and our cares to Thee. And I cry to Thee for this nation and for our communities. O oh Lord, I pray for families that have borne the heavy loss of young people that have been affected by drugs, some whose lives have been wrecked and some whose lives have been taken away. Lord, we pray that You will come 
and deal in mercy in this nation to turn men and women, young people, back to righteousness, wherein is the good way. So we plead mercy. We plead the grace of God and thy loving kindness. We ask in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. I don't think she knew that about six months later, the minister of that church would be departing because of the health issues of his wife. I don't think she knew that at that time, but she was burdened. And God took her burden, stirred her heart to share that very verse with me, and the rest is history. God works in signal ways, unexpected ways, ways that we may not even imagine. But if you're on your knees asking God to guide you, he will. He certainly will. And so we see the importance to always and earnestly follow God's Word and to be in prayer, that we might even be that green light to some servant of God and to see them thrust out into God's work. And of course, it will impact a generation to come. I think of a father, and there are dads here tonight. Your walk with God will impact your witness to your children. Your obedience to God will be the instrument that will guide your children. And when a father loses out with God, it makes a, an amazing impact in the home. And you need to be walking close to the Lord and seeking his will. Now, all of that from the mantle, his readiness to accept the mantle. And we need to be ready to say, Lord, show me, guide me. Then there was conquering the temptation to go back. In verse 20, we have a scene that really parallels a scene we have in the Gospels. It says here in verse 20, he left the oxen and ran after Elijah. Notice the, the immediate, no hesitation response. And he said, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And Elijah said unto him, go back again, for what have I to do with thee? Now, it is very possible that in Luke's gospel, the Lord Jesus referred to this whole event when he said that no man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Going back at God's call is a very serious matter. And we fear that too many, too many who hear the voice of God calling them, stop their ears and find some excuse or some way to go back. Now, here is where a great struggle lies. And there is this battle, this temptation to go back. And of course, Elisha seeking to go back to his family and explain things and so on. Now, this applies also to some unconverted soul. This might apply to someone who is not a Christian. And you know that the Lord is speaking to your heart and calling you to give your life, give your heart to the Savior. And you say, but 
let me first do this. Let me sort this out in my life, and then I'll become a Christian. Well, that has its problems. So I want us to see here tonight this conquering family ties. He says here in verse 20, Let me, I kiss thee, pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. So he has to conquer family ties. And you know another incident in the Gospels where the Lord Jesus said, Follow me. But the man said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And it was that that prompted Jesus to say, No man having put his hand to the plow and to go back is worthy, is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, in this case, it appears that Elisha has permission to go back. There is a difficulty in interpreting verse 20. That statement, go back again, for what have I done to thee? At first reading, that might sound like, oh, just forget it. You're not the man that God was looking for at all. But upon pondering this, there might be a sense in which, go back, but don't forget what I have done to thee. Don't forget the mantle. Don't forget the conferring of office. Yes, go back, but don't forget to go through with God and serve him. And I think the best commentary on this difficult statement is really how things played out, the story itself. And it says he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and so on. So you'll see that Elijah got the victory. He got the victory over his family. He got his victory over this temptation of forgetting and denying and running from the call of God. And then we also see that he had conquered his farming ties. There were these oxen, the instruments of the plow and so on that he was working with. And you'll see the very radical approach that he took. It says he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people. And so this is it. His life's going to change. He won't need these oxen anymore. He won't need these instruments by which he's boiling the beef in the pot. And Elisha is done with the old life, the ties to his farming life, and here is his victory over these farming ties. And the lesson is that it takes total consecration to serve the Lord. The power of this world, the power of business, the power of making money, the power of the well-done of man is so hindering to serving the Lord that there are times when we need to make that clean brick and just put away everything and follow on to serve the Lord.
I think we see here that there is good reason why God even today calls people full-time into the work of the gospel. It is impossible for a man to equip himself for Christian ministry, to be a preacher of the Word and a pastor of the Lord's people, and to be a witness for Christ, and to do it without total surrender of life and to give himself from the rigors of this world, free himself from that, that he might become dedicated, consecrated to the service of the Lord. Now, in 2 Timothy 2.4, the apostle Paul says, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And Paul was speaking to Timothy and saying to him, what does a soldier do? When a soldier signs up for the military, for the army, he puts on that uniform and he puts away the old life. He shuts down business, shuts down his old employment. He says goodbye to all his friends, and he goes into the ranks of the army as a soldier. He can no longer serve king and country by being in tangled in the affairs of this life. And this is God's call, certainly to his servants, and sometimes to his people, that there are things that you've got to put away, that you might totally dedicate your life to the Lord. For me, I was like Elisha. As I've read over, studied over, and prayed over these I've had many thoughts of the hours and the days when I was a young man on the farm, when responsibilities on the farm were growing and ties were strong. My father was deceased. My brother was still on the farm. He was sort of the machinery guy, and I was the the stock person. And God just had to deal with my heart. And there came a point where I had to surrender. I remember standing at the top of a little hill above our home and farm, looking over the dairy cows grazing in the green field. And that text came to my heart, Lovest thou me more than these? And I had to say, Yes, Lord. And I'm willing to break the ties and serve the Lord. There is consecration demanded to serve Christ going to cost you. And it's going to mean sacrificing the oxen, giving up the plow, and going after the Lord. He also had to conquer friendship ties. You'll notice here that he threw a party. In verse 21, he slew the oxen, boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen, and gave unto the people Now, the people may have been the workers on the farm, but I'm sure a family like that had many connections, and Elisha was making a very sudden departure, and this was an opportunity to make it known. Make it known that he was done with the farming life. He was going to be servant with Elijah. And we're told here that they did eat. That means that they acknowledged the message. They entered into the eating, 
and in a sense supported, or at least gave consent to what Elisha was soon to do. And this is a great testimony of Elisha. He is now the servant of the Lord. And I wonder tonight, have you told your friends that you're a Christian? Have you told your circles that you don't follow the world? You serve the Lord. And when you make that stand and make that testimony, what a great witness it can be for the Lord Jesus. And that testimony will help you all your days, all your life. You need to be radical, make the brick, slay the oxen. And there's another term that's often used, burn your boats. And that came from an experience with Alexander the Great when he led his army against the Persians. And as they sailed in ship and came on shore to the land of the Persians, and I couldn't find out exactly the geographical location, but when they landed on shore, the first command that Alexander gave was, burn your boats. And after they had burned their boats, he said to the men, if we ever return home, it will be on Persian ships. We fight or die. They won the battle. Their complete consecration was a mighty power with God. And you'll see here with Elisha, there was no plan B. This doesn't work out. This fails. Then I'll come back. It was over. And he went to serve God. The last point I make here tonight is that we see his obedience in arising to serve. We're told here at the end of verse 21, then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. That one little sentence completes the obedience of Elisha. He had new work to do, and he had a new master to serve. He arose and went. And there is a statement here of ready service. It was not lip service. Elisha shows that words are not enough. It was his up and going that proves his consecration. And the Bible has so much advice for us against lip service versus real service. And in Matthew 7, let me just quote these verses. You'll know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. And the Lord went on in that Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7, ending up with the example of the one building on rock versus sand. Those building on the rock were those that did the will of God, not just saying that they would do the will of God. And so this obedience is a true test of the heart. He arose and went. I wonder tonight, are you willing to show your obedience, not just by words, not just by lip service, but by real action, real dedication, real consecration to go through with God? And if you're not a Christian tonight, your words mean nothing. 
Words do not prove your repentance. The Lord told the occasion of, of two brothers. One said that he repented and went not. The others who said, I will not go and repented, that was the one who did the will of God. And so tonight, if perchance you are not a Christian, have you obeyed the gospel call? The call to cease living for the world and to be a true disciple and follower of the Lord Jesus. False repentance merely says sorry and does nothing. True repentance is to arise and go. And tonight, as we come to the end of this Lord's Day, come to Christ. Give your heart to the Savior. Not just say sometime, not say somehow, not merely give words, but quit the world and follow after and serve the Lord as your service. We see Elisha got the victory over family ties, farming ties, and friendship ties. Those are things that every convert has to break. There are women who cannot, they say they cannot become a Christian because their husband will not support them. There are children who say, I cannot go home and tell my parents I've become a Christian. There are many difficult things to face if we will serve the Lord to the saving of our souls. And so tonight, I leave with you this great example of a man called of God, consecrated, burning uh, the, the oxen, sacrificing them, boiling them, feeding his friends, and going off to serve Elijah. What a great picture. What a great picture. I pray that God in this nation will raise up men called of God, not half-hearted men, not men who will put one foot in the world and one foot in the work of God, but dedicated men. And our example in the church can become the green light to such men. And so we all have a responsibility, and we're all called to totally dedicate ourselves to the Lord. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak. Stay tuned with us for five minutes of Righteousness Exalteth a Nation. Today we want to talk about mercy for youth of our land. As a pastor, I am very alarmed for the youth of our country who are being destroyed by the drug world. Just today again, I had a father on the phone crying for help to rescue his teenage son from drugs and suicide. As never before, kids from even Good and godly homes are being lured into doping. Some dabble in it and learn to hate it, but a great number are falling prey to its destructive powers. The new powerful drugs are fentanyl, which has the power to kill with a little grain-sized powder. Those who sell these drugs are ruthless murderers, for they know only too well they are dealing in death. Deaths have occurred from the very first ingestion of this drug. Even first responders who somehow ingest a little dust from their gloves have needed emergency treatment. Sadly, this is not just happening on the back streets of our cities. It is happening in million-dollar homes and hotel suites. It is killing the rich and successful, as well as the troubled and disadvantaged. 
There is also an alarming number of people hooked on these drugs through doctors' prescription pills, giving out for pain relief. The stats show that the number of fentanyl prescriptions in our society has climbed steeply. It seems that for years, few doctors realized the high risk of administering such drugs. There is a sinister side to this plague of drugs in our society that has created a culture of death. It is as if all discernment has been taken away. One would think that as soon as the word is out that these powerful drugs are killing thousands upon thousands of people, that the alarm would go off that this stuff is pure poison and to be avoided. But people don't seem to care for their own lives, just as the drug dealers don't care who they kill. How do we explain this dark interest in drugs in what we glean from the Bible? It surely tells us that the Bible is correct, that the heart of man is deceitfully and wicked above all things who can know it. It is a desperately deep sin problem in human nature. The Bible is right that man without God cannot find real satisfaction. The Bible also tells us that Satan is a murderer from the beginning. This state of affairs is ripe for the devil to destroy souls. In John 10, verse 10, the Bible says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and heareth the sheep, and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. In Christ and the gospel rests hope for our nation. We need to repent of the sin of our generation, and turn again unto God. We fear that this may be God's judgment, where he gives people over to the evil of their ways. And it is young people who suffer due to their rebellion to God. To parents, I would say, cling to Christ and to the gospel of the cross. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Redemption and reconciliation to God through the blood of Christ is still the power of God. God still saves and saves from the guttermost to the uttermost. It is time for God's people to awaken to the death throes within our society and turn back to God for mercy and deliverance for the rising generation that know not the Lord. It is time to pray for God to make the gospel great again, to turn his people to walk again in the paths of righteousness. For righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Proverbs fourteen twenty four. Christ is our righteousness. He is our Savior from sin. He saves from its guilt, its power, and one day from its presence. Trust Him to save your soul from your sin. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived 
by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music.